Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to my team selection ahead of game week 7. As the title suggests, it is a sad day, uh, an even sadder day, because obviously the Queen uh, looks like she's in a kind of a critical condition as well. So obviously very sad for uh, the country, um, whether or not you're a monarch supporter or not. Obviously anyone ill is never something we want to see. Um, so yeah, best wishes to to the Queen. And for football, obviously that means that games are in doubt because if she does uh, pass in the next few days, then that could mean um, a complete cancellation of football across the across the country. So, you know, lots of things can happen that. Not only that, but Graham Potter uh, is leaving my club at Brighton, leaving for Chelsea. We've had Thomas Tuchel depart as well. So all in all, it's been a crazy last couple of days, um, all culminating just before um, game week seven kicks off so loads to discuss um hopefully some of you checked out black box last night where i'll go into detail about some of the stuff that i'm going to be talking about today uh, this is going to be much more specific to my own team and my own plans and that kind of thing but hello to everyone um, in the chat uh quite a few people talking about brighton as well so i'll talk about my thoughts on that um, as we go um, as well. Uh, so yeah, strap yourselves in. It should be um, an interesting one. Uh, just before we do that, I just want to talk about our partner um, for this video, uh, which is Spitch. Um, they are a partner with Scout um, this season. It's another kind of fantasy game that you can add to your kind of um, arsenal um, each week. Uh, it's completely free to play. Um, there's a free to play season mode um, and sort of free uh, daily games um, as well. There is also uh a paid for game where you can sort of um, put your own money in and win sort of prize monies um, ahead of that as well. Um, if you are putting your own money in, obviously it's 18 plus only. Uh, be gamble aware, gambleaware.co.uk. Check that out if you're worried about yourself um, or anyone else and their kind of gambling habits. Obviously only bet money if you can afford to do it. I know times are really hard uh, for a lot of people and this isn't a way to kind of escape from that. Um, it's just a way of having a bit of fun if you're um, interested in, in having spicing up kind of fantasy a little bit and betting a bit of money to try and win some. It should only be fun. Um, but Spitch is, is really cool. There's a whole kind of different um, scoring system uh, to it, as you can see here. Uh, it's much more sort of in-depth than, than kind of FPL um, as it is. If you've ever played fan tracks or any of the draft games, um, you'll know you get points for things like passes, crosses, corners, um, you lose points for things like missed passes, uh, missing penalties, uh, for being at fault for a goal, losing tackles, all this kind of stuff. So it's a really kind of in-depth scoring matrix. Check out Spitz, check out some of the, the winners of previous weeks 
um, as well. And you'll see they've won with some pretty mad players. So it's it's definitely something uh, very interesting um, to play. Uh, don't worry about the season game. If you have missed out in the first few weeks, uh, you it takes your kind of best uh, three um, lineups. Sorry, the best five lineups um, out of your uh, 38 game weeks. So you could effectively join halfway through a season and still win if you score some uh, big points. There's a QR code on the screen for you now. So just screenshot it and you can go straight into Spitch, download the app um, and have a play. We'd be willing to know kind of what you uh, what you think um, of that as well. So drop your uh, comments and questions kind of in the in the uh, chat or in the comment section and I'll do my best to answer those um, as well. But yeah, really cool and completely different way of playing FPL. So do go and check it out. Right. Let's have a look at... Uh, <laughs> Joshua asking about Manscaped. No, not Manscaped Dad this time. That was um that was an interesting one on Blackbox last night, I have to say. Uh so this is what I got last week. This is my game week six points, uh thirty-five points, uh Henderson in goal with one, Trent Diaz and a Stupinian, uh all with blanks as well. So no points for my defence whatsoever. Uh Salah blanking with six, Foden blanking with two, Marcinelli blanking with two. Oh, it doesn't get any easier talking through this. Uh Gross with five. Harland got the goal with nine, Gabriel Jesus with one, and Mitrovic with with five. So, just a really poor kind of game overall. I know a lot of people kind of suffered as well. Is you can take some solace when other people have, have kind of struggled. It was almost did you own Tony? Did you own Trossard? No. Okay. Well, you probably had a bad game week then, and if you did have one of those, so you probably got into the kind of the fifties. Uh, which was about where a lot of people were. So, yeah, t- tough week for a lot of people to take. You know, the template is strong, obviously, but a lot of kind of non-template differential picks also didn't really perform um, as well. So not a huge amount of, of top scores and big scores that, that I've seen. Um, it was my second week after the wild card. My first week of the wild card, uh, which was the last stream I did, went well. The wild card was, was a success, I'd say. Uh, obviously, I brought in Haaland, who got the hat-trick and captained him. Uh, I had Foden, who got the assist. Quite a few of my players chipped in with, with points here and there. And I went up kind of 2 million places. So out of the kind of mire of, of 6 million, right up to about 2.5 million. Back down to 3.5 million after this week. So I'm hoping to kind of get things back uh, on track uh, this week. I mean, not a huge amount to say. I'll kind of talk about some of my plans. There's quite a few things I'm thinking of doing um, as we go. Uh, let's take a look at my kind of watch list which is here. Um, so I've updated this kind of going forward. I've sorted by uh, non-penalty XGI per 90. Um, like I always say, uh, with that, when you're looking at midfielders and, and strikers, anything over 0.6 is kind of elite. That means they're basically getting you or expected to get you something every other game or less than every other game, which is a really nice kind of return for, for any player. Um, in defence as well, I mean, obviously you're not expecting those kind of returns, for even for some of the most attacking defenders, but I'd still be hoping to get something like 0.5 um, from the likes of James and uh, Trent and these kind of guys to kind of justify it. Um, and they're just not really doing it. I mean, James is top of the, the defenders. He's top of my kind of wish list, really, for who I want to bring in. Um, but his non next up at 90 is 0.34 which is really low. Obviously, he's been playing kind of at centre-back in, in all these kind of different positions, and we're waiting to see him playing at right wing-back you know, for a prolonged period of time. And we're expecting that to happen with Fafana uh, now in the side. I mean, what's going to happen with James when Potter comes in uh, is, is really interesting. Um, Potter's system at Brighton, as many of you know, has relied on, on wing-backs um, very much. Uh, he's been quite experimental for Brighton with, with, with the wing-back system. Cucurella was the kind of tailor-made wing-back that we had. 
uh, he kind of converted him to a, a centre back in his in his kind of uh, time at Brighton towards the end of last season. Um, Trossard's been playing at left wing back. Sully March um, is now apparently a right wing back, even though he's actually a left winger. Uh, so he's been converted kind of to the other side. Um, as well we've got Lamptey there as well who's not really getting a look in so converted wingers have actually been um been put in that position which is something that we've we've seen with with Spurs as well with with someone like Perisic uh, we've seen it with Victor Moses in the time sometimes these wingers are kind of a more tailor-made to that role because it's a bit more high energy and there's less kind of defensive um kind of noose needed um, as they kind of go forward so I mean we we could see that at, at Chelsea under Potter we might see Sterling maybe playing as a, as a wing back or Perisic or someone like that Seems unlikely though when they've got Chilwell and and James when they're so tailor made to those roles and they've got Cucurella too. So I am expecting those guys to start a wing back. But honestly, you just never know what Potter's capable of. Um, he could decide that James and Cucurella are preferred at centre backs and move the wing wingers down. You, honestly, you just don't know what what that man is is capable of. So it'd be really interesting to see kind of what happens with that. Um, be really sad as as well. I mean, James can potentially even move into midfield or something crazy. Yeah, you just you just never really know. So James is is a is a wait and see for me. I was eyeing up bringing him in this week, uh, maybe for Diaz because um, he's just six millions come down a little bit in price. But I think Fulham score in the next game, and I want to kind of see how how Chelsea sort of start life under under the new manager. Um, and I think we've got a bit of time to assess it. We've got uh, the Fulham game, and it's Liverpool, and then it's uh, what the international break. So. I think we've got a bit of time sort of going forward. Um, looking at some of the other defenders, we've got Williams and, and Trippier on there. I mean, Trippier is, is really high kind of on my on my radar. I'm almost certainly going to be bringing them in next week. I think West Ham away is fairly tricky, but then it's a really good run of games uh, for Newcastle. He's already started the season really strongly. He's already gone up 0.2 um, in price. Uh, a lot of people are moving for Pope. Um, as well I don't think the double up is really on with them or at least I don't like a defensive double up with any team um, let alone someone like Newcastle um, and I'd rather have Trippier I think over, over Pope I mean 30 points uh, so far this season for Trippier is huge when you consider like De Bruyne has got 35 um, Zaha uh, 31 you know he's got more than Saka for example at, at 28 and you know, these are quite surprising kind of um, results for, for a lot of these players um, actually Sterling at 34 points is, is quite high I didn't realize it, was, it was so high um, yeah, so I, I really like Trippier. Um, I've added Dallow to the list as well. Uh, I've obviously been critical of United a lot um, over the last year and a half, I think for pretty good reason, but people seem to think that's kind of because I, I hate the club, which I definitely don't. Um, but Dallow is is really intriguing. I think United have, have sorted their defence out quite a lot. Um, they are playing a sort of a pra- more pragmatic football than perhaps we've seen. That's sort of borne out on the fact they're uh, XG per match is, is actually lower on average than it was last year, despite them getting some better results. They've got this new partnership now with Martinez and Varane, which seems to be working quite well. Maguire's not getting a look in. Shaw's been ousted. Wampasaka's not playing. Uh, they've got Casemiro to come in from Atomane, which will hopefully be pretty soon. So I think, generally speaking, United you know look like a team kind of on the up, which is which is a great thing to to have. Um, and I think defensively they look good, and Dallo is is getting forward. I mean, a uh, an XGI non penalty of uh, 0.17 isn't exactly that high, but my Trippiers is 0.2. He has got set pieces. It's the same as Inchenko at 0.17. So I'm not saying we should expect big returns from from Dallo every week, but he is getting forward a lot, and I think that's sort of clean sheets. Uh, coming from from United, so decent decent punt I think of four point five, probably the pick of all my four point five or, or under picks um, at the moment. Uh, midfield, I've got De Bruyne um, on there. He's been added. I took him out obviously on the wild card, but he is someone I'm looking at with kind of Salah's form dropping. Uh, XGI a non penalty penalty of zero point seven nine is really really high. You'd actually expected him to have got more points um, than he's got. 
Obviously, he does have a tendency to drop deep um, when City are looking for a bit more control. Um, he might get the odd rest um, as well. And he costs a lot of money at 12.2. But if you're asking me right now who I'd want over the next six games, De Bruyne or Salah, I think you'd go for De Bruyne. I think Salah isn't offering um, enough for his price. The fact we've got the captaincy option with Haaland um, as well. Liverpool kind of in disarray uh, too at the moment. And other options at Liverpool which, which look decent, like Diaz as well, Nunes. There's different ways that we can go. Salah isn't the kind of option, or at least isn't showing that he's the kind of option that we've expected to see him be this season based on last year's. So I think if you're wildcarding into game week eight or game week nine, I think there's a really key decision to make as to whether you go for Salah or not. And I think for me, De Bruyne and Kane, who's also on this list and has been on my watch list for a while, um, are, are ahead of him. So they're, they're two premium players I'd go for over Salah um, if I was looking at it. Um, I've added Anthony to the list as well. He's uh, scored straight on his debut. Uh, obviously, I put a little asterisk next to his name because he only played one one match. Um, LexGI of 0.69 um, in that game. Nice tidy finish. From him, uh, I think he's probably my pick out of the United players if I'm going to go get one. I know Rashford's popular, but I do worry about where he's going to play. If Is he in the first choice um, sort of 11, you know, with Martial there, with Sancho, uh, with Anthony, uh, with Fernandez, You know, that's to me is probably the, the first choice. I mean, Sancho hasn't really delivered, so I don't expect Rashford to be completely free, frozen out altogether, but I think there's a bit more risk around that. That kind of natural right side um, a player of Anthony, something they've been absolutely crying out from why they went out and spent so much money on, on Anthony. So I'm expecting him to improve. I think 7.5 is a good price for him. Um, it's Palace away uh, next, which I think is, a, is an okay fixture. And then it's um, Leeds at home, which again is a great fixture, all the rivalry that they've got between them. So it's an okay fixture on for them as well. And I think, you know, Anthony is going to be someone who excites people um, quite a lot with all his step overs and round the worlds and kind of all that stuff. He's going to be an unpopular pick, I think, in the kind of. Uh, the less casual audience. I think people are going to want to do a bit of a wait and see on him. And I think, you know, you, it's probably something you'd expect, like your Manchester United mate on WhatsApp who's never played FPL before to bring him in because he scored and all that. But I think there's probably a bit more to it than that. I think he actually could go on and become um, a decent asset for us. But we'd have to see uh, what his numbers look like in a few weeks, I think, before I was to move on him. But if you did move for him, I don't think there's anything too too bad about that. Uh, Sinistera keeps scoring, keeps getting subbed early. I really like him. I don't know when I'm going to bring him in. I'll definitely end him at some point this season, uh, but I genuinely really like him. Uh, I've added Saka and Trossard as well. Saka, Saka scored his goal. Um, Non-PDXGI per 90 of 0.46 is pretty low though. Uh, Trossard's is 0.44 um, as well. Trossard's still my pick out of the Brighton players, but I don't think we're going to be investing in them too much, given they now have a blank in game eight against Palace, uh, and then it's the international break, and then it's a really tough run of fixtures. Plus, of course, we're losing our manager as well. So who knows where Trossard's going to end up? It might be the new manager. Doesn't seem as left wing back. Pushes him a bit further up front. He actually delivers better from from wing back. So people that are worried about that, um, I don't think there's any real reason to be. Um, I think you know Trossard's a hold if you've got him, particularly for this Bournemouth game. But I'm interested to see what what kind of happens with him. And I think after this week, we are going to see a lot of people jumping ship off, off Brighton, especially people playing wild cards in eight or nine. You're probably not going to have any Brighton players on your side um, after that. Uh, I've added Bowen as well. I mean, Bowen's really disappointing. Um, not someone I'd advise buying now. With a player like Bowen, who's dropped 0.4, I know the fixtures are good, and I know the temptation could be right. This is when it's going to start um, increasing. I personally want to see him get some kind of return before I was 
thinking of bringing him in because let's say you're bringing him in ahead of, of Newcastle and he blanks again you've basically got a depreciating asset on your hands he could go down to 8 he could go down to 7.9 and you know and then a good run of fixtures and you're never really sure whether he's going to kind of kick on or not so I suggest you wait until he gets at least something or at least you know this non-penny extra up 90 of 0.21 increases to somewhere near the 0.4 0.5 mark just to show there's some kind of upturn um, in him I think he's the kind of player who uh, I'm, I wouldn't tell someone not to buy because we saw what he did last season but I think that is the kind of pick that I would class as probably trying to be too clever right now because the scientists aren't there. West Ham aren't playing that well um, and his price just continues to go down. So my advice is to kind of wait on him. But he's definitely on the watch list when um, things do turn. And I'm sure they will because he's a class player. Uh, up front, I've added Nunes and Isak. Nunes is going to be hard to fit in. I think you know the other players, uh, Haaland, Tony Kane, um, Mitrovic, these are all, all guys that I think are ahead um, of him right now. But if... Salah continues to struggle as well, then and Nunes does become this kind of main man. You know, he's down to 8.9 now. He might have a, have a part to play in our kind of seasons going forward. My sense is that might take a little bit of a while because Liverpool's fixtures are that bad. Uh, but I'm going to be, definitely be assessing him over the next few weeks. And I've also added Isak um, as well, uh, particularly for the next couple of games. Newcastle's fixtures are really nice. You know, they've got West Ham, Bournemouth, Fulham um, all, all to play. So if you are looking for someone a little bit different to kind of shake up your forward line, um, a little bit, then I think Isak is a, is a really nice option. Uh, just two games he's played now, so obviously take his kind of stats with a pinch of salt. Um, Kane is nice. I mean, Kane has played now six six games, uh, a non-penalty XGI of 0.71. That's entering into kind of elite status, or is in elite status. He's got the pens as well. You know, he's kind of proved me wrong. I thought Son would be the better option amount of him and Kane, but Kane is definitely clear, and Kane is actually someone I'm looking to move to next week when he plays Leicester at home, and I'm just hoping that Rodgers is still in charge uh, of that game, because I think that could be an absolute mauling uh, coming on. This podcast is sponsored by Paramount Plus, where Champions League soccer is back. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration starts on September the 6th, with the biggest stars and top teams across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through to the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against the likes of Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more. Don't miss a single second with Paramount Plus starting from September the 6th. Uh, let's take a look at my team then. So this is how I'm shaped up for game week eight. Uh, it's Henderson in goal. It's Trent Diaz, Gabriel, Salah, Martinelli, Foden, Pascal Gross, Haaland, Jesus, and Mitrovic. And on the bench is Ward, Stupinian, Emerson, and Andreas Pereira. So I've got two free transfers, 0.3 million in the bank. Uh, let me just run through the kind of positions and kind of identify my my weaknesses. So in goal, I've got Henderson. I've got an orange circle around him uh, already. Uh, obviously, you've got to be a bit concerned when, when a team concedes three goals uh, to Bournemouth, especially after being 2-0 up. So it's going to be with Henderson relying on, on save points and you know to concede three goals and not even get a save point in that game is, is definitely a, a, a concern. Um, the fixtures are good for Nottingham Forest. They're second bottom, I think, of all teams over this season for um, XG conceded. So they are going to concede a lot of chances. He's got to be in top form if Forest are going to come away from things with, with you know, come away from, with points in, in games. Um, and they're kind of, you know, 22 signings now. Aurier's come in. You've got to think there's a lot, a lot of imbalance kind of in that side. So maybe on reflection, that wasn't the best move. I mean, I could have gone for Sanchez. though, and he hasn't got a game. So I feel like I've got a little bit lucky with that. I could have moved up to Pope maybe, but I've got Trippier coming in. So I don't think it's going to be a priority for me to move Henderson out. 
but he is someone that I'm going to, I'm a little bit concerned about, not as confident on him as, as I maybe was a few weeks ago, purely because of that ball game. Hopefully that was a blip um, and the saves can keep coming again and, you know, Forrest can get a couple of clean sheets over the, the fixture run that they've got. Uh, Defence, Trent, uh, I've still got him green. Uh, I think he's probably the asset that I'd want to keep. I mean, he was poor, very poor yesterday. You've probably all seen the video of him fans track back from Napoli's goal. We know he's kind of got that in him to do that. Defensively, he he does struggle um, in some games as well. He needs the kind of some of the other players to kind of bring out the best in him. Van Dijk, for example. Um, you know, Matip has been immense when he's been playing and he's not in the team. Um, you know, Thiago was on the bench. There's a lot of you know, a lot of problems in that kind of Liverpool team. So I don't think it's completely fair to just to single him him out. Obviously, him going off at 59 minutes was incredibly frustrating, um, especially when they get the clean sheet. I mean, how him and Robertson both get one point um, in a clean sheet for, for Liverpool is is remarkable, really. I can't, don't think they'll ever probably won't ever have again. Um, it's Wolves next, though. You can't really sell him ahead of that. I do wonder if maybe on the on the wild card, um, if people are doing it, they, they might consider dropping him because the fixture list is tough. They've got a poor, really poor... Um, Run of fixtures and his XGI isn't, isn't amazing. So he is droppable, definitely droppable. And I think, you know, a lot of people were coming under criticism in the last few weeks for suggesting that he was, but I think he is in droppable status. He's not essential anymore. For me, I'll be keeping him um, for a bit um, and, and hoping that Liverpool can start to get to get back to where they should be, you know, with uh, Thiago and, and Matip coming back um, as well. But we'll see. Not panicking too much but definitely someone to kind of monitor uh Diaz I've got an orange circle round I mean he's kind of the stopgap really I didn't want to go for Walker because I just don't didn't want to have Carl Walker in my team don't particularly rate him that highly uh I couldn't afford Cancelo I wanted the City defender so Diaz has, has come in the question mark is do I keep Diaz get those kind of steady sixes which City are going to keep going to get um or am I going to move him to, to Reese James and try and target someone a bit more exciting and a bit more attacking I mean, the way I play the game is always to go for the more exciting options. Um, so I probably will end up moving in for Reese James uh, at some point. Um, and I'll probably be moving on my other player, which is Gabriel, um, over to Trippier next week. So I'm probably looking at a back three of, uh, of Trent, James and, and Trippier for the foreseeable, which I'm, I'm pretty happy with. Um, I might end up keeping Diaz, depending on kind of what happens with, with Chelsea. Um, as I said, I don't think James is, is a must-own at the moment, but obviously if he turns up against Fulham and gets a double-digit haul, it's going to be diff- difficult not to move for him. Um, so yeah, we'll see kind of what happens with that. Uh, Salah, orange ring. Who would have thought that we'd be considering selling Salah? I'd go one step further and think I'm pretty much certain that I am going to sell Salah uh, next week. I mean, the fixtures are absolutely awful for um, Salah kind of going forward. Um, and I look at Kane against Leicester. I look at someone like De Bruyne that I could get as well. Um, I look even look at Diaz, who I think is probably a better option than than Salah um, at the moment. Playing playing much more centrally, you know, scoring great goals, kind of almost dragging the team, um, you know, to 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 goals like he did against Napoli when kind of out of nothing really. So it's going to take a lot for Salah against Wolves to make me consider having him, but I don't think he's going to do enough against Wolves to justify it because I think Wolves are a decent team and there's no real signs that Liverpool were going to go crazy apart from that Bournemouth game, which I think was more of an anomaly than anything else. So yeah, I'd be surprised if Salah was in my team in the next few weeks and I think a lot of people are probably saying uh, similar, which is quite a surprise. Uh, Martin is going nowhere. I still think it's 6 million um, or 6.5 or whatever you paid for him in between that. Um, he's the standout for me. Arsenal's fixtures uh, toughened a bit, but I mean, he had the goal disallowed against United, which is not his fault, unlucky. Odegaard fouling uh, Ericsson. Um, you know, I think we're going to want to cut down on our Arsenal assets 
um, as well. Jesus might be expendable if we're going for a, a front three of, of Kane, Mitrovic or Tony and Haaland. There's good options around there. Maybe Nunes as well. So maybe you, you go for Saka and Martinelli, but I think Martinelli is, is, is an easy hold. I think as long as he's in the team um, and, and putting up the stats and numbers that he's, that he's doing, he's almost kind of the main attacking threat for that side at the moment. So he's, he's going nowhere from, from my side. Easy hold. Uh, Foden's orange, though. Uh, I don't know how I feel about him. I mean, I was kind of all set to sell him this week. I was going to get in Trossard, uh, double up on Brighton. Um, kind of all the things that have happened. Uh, not only Potter leaving, uh, not only that game against Palace being called off, um, and Foden's amazing performance in the Champions League have obviously bought him a, a bit more time. Um, now, I don't like to shit see him ship right over to the left. I like him in the team when Grealish um, is in there. I prefer him on the right, coming in a bit more central. Um, as well, uh, but I think probably we're going to see, uh, you know, him, him moving over to the left and one of Bernardo Silva or Mauro starting kind of on, on the right against Spurs. So he's going to need to do do something. I don't necessarily need him to score or assist. I just want to see him getting into kind of a bit more dangerous areas and not just hugging that kind of touchline. The eight million bracket is really disappointing, though. I mean, Foden. If you look at the underlying stats, Foden is the top one in terms of those um, xG. Uh, per 90, you know, you've got Kulusevski, Madison, Diaz, they're all way off and way down the kind of a list. But I still like having that 8 million bracket um, in my side. So that is one advantage of not moving down to a trust side is if one of those assets does it really good, I can move over to that sort of fairly easily. Um, if I do move Salah down, it'll probably be to one of the 8 million assets as well. There's going to have two of them, two underperforming 8 million assets. Yeah, it doesn't sound so good when you put it like that. Uh, I've also got Pascal Gross. I mean, he's orange. I mean, it's going to be interesting to know what to do with him, really, after this this game against Bournemouth. Obviously, he's a hold for that. Uh, and then, you know, Brighton's fixtures turn and it all gets a bit more difficult. He's going to be a difficult one to to get rid of. I mean, he's I bought him at 5.7, so I can go up to a 6 million or 6.1, something like that. I'd probably be looking for a way to try and turn him into a Sinistera, uh, maybe, but it won't, be in, it won't be easy. It'd be a lot easier if I sell Salah. Um, for example, and then I can kind of deal with, with that problem um, as well, which is something that I might do. Um, but next week, it might be Salah and Jesus out to Saka and, and Kane, for example, or uh, or Diaz and Kane. Um, and then I'd still have Gross, and then I could maybe use the money to upgrade him up the week after. I don't know, he's a bit of a kind of a, an issue, but I, I think he's, he's probably on a limited life, um, as I think a lot of Brighton players are going to be for a lot of people, because we just don't know what we're going to get. We don't know what manager we're going to get. We don't know what system's going to play. You know, Gross hasn't been good really in FPL for you know for years, and he's having a bit of resurgence this year, but that doesn't mean that's going to carry on. Um, you know, after international break comes into Liverpool and Spurs, don't really want him through for those two games. So going to have to have, have a bit of an exit route for, for Pascal. Unfortunately, uh, he's on my wall up there. Oh, you can't see him. He's just a bit cut off. Uh, forwards, yeah, Haaland. I mean, I don't need to say too much about him. He's obviously a, a hold. Um, his XGI non-penalty per 90 is over one. So he's expected to get you a goal, or at least a goal, every every match, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's going to get 30 goals this season easily, I'd imagine. Um, he could even push for 40, maybe, um, and, and break the record if he can stay fit. So, yeah, it's going to be hard like, not to not to captain him kind of each week. Um, I've got Jesus in green. I mean, I, he's a bit of a reluctant sale, Jesus, and I have kind of stuck with the strategy of, of deal with your kind of weakest links. And I don't think Jesus is, is the weakest link in, in this side by any means. He's an easy hold for Everton. Uh, he's a potential captain option um, as well. But if I do move for Kane, if I do drop Salah and I do want to move for Kane, um, I would hope that the 8 million I'd, I'd bring in would kind of at least match or, or outscore Jesus over, the, over that period. 
Um, his price hasn't gone up a huge amount. His price is only likely to go down, really, if he continues to sort of disappoint and the fixtures do turn. Um, so it might not be the worst idea to drop off him. I can't see him hitting huge hauls, you know, against Spurs. I mean, mm, I mean, Brentford is is in eight. That could there could be goals in that. The derby against Spurs, you know, kind of anything can happen. Then it's Liverpool. They've been great, and then it's Leeds. Maybe you can kind of overlook it a bit and think the fixtures are a little bit too. You know, I think they're really bad, but actually they're not too bad on, on paper. I don't think he's an easy sell at all, but I look at Kane and I think he is someone I want and probably the only player I think that can really rival um, Haaland for the for the captaincy um, at the moment, particularly that, that game in eight against, against Leicester uh, when City go away to Wolves. So I am thinking about that, but yeah, I might not do it just because I'm trying to stick with this strategy of, of getting rid of the get rid of the weakest player. And like I said, he definitely kind of isn't that. Uh, Mitrovic is my final pick. Uh, he's going absolutely nowhere. I think he's he's honestly one of the first players I'd be picking if I was wildcarding uh, next week. I think he's just absolutely outstanding. He's got Forest, Newcastle, West Ham, Bournemouth all on the horizon. He's going to be in everyone's team. If you picked him up at 6.5, 6.6, you're going to be laughing because his price is just going to keep keep going up. So if you haven't got Mitrovic, I think you need to be finding some some way of, of bringing him in um, before you before you go. Um, so that's it, really. Um, like I said, on my bench, uh, I'm looking at Stupinan to, to Dallow this week. I've got to use one of the free transfers. Uh, I think my 11 is, is broadly fine. Um, a stupid and I mean he might end up being an okay asset if the new manager comes in and likes the look of him and they stick him at, at left wing back um, but he hasn't looked quite on it um, for me I might have jumped the gun a little bit with him whereas I think Dallow looks looks pretty good so I think I'll just do a stupid and to, to Dallow uh, this week hold one two three transfers uh, for next week um, and then mix things up maybe sell Salah and, and bring in Kane uh, kind of like I mentioned um, so that's it for my team let me know what you think uh, in the chat and in the comments uh, thanks for all joining me. I haven't talked too much about Brighton, but I mean, I don't really know what what, what to say. Um, depends what manager we get. I like this this guy from Bodo Glimt um, being linked. I think you know, getting in someone who's who's kind of played in in Europe um, has a very similar philosophy to to Brighton in terms of the way you know, fast attacking, possession based, controlling football. Um, as well obviously the Celtic manager is being linked as well uh, a lot of people saying they don't think he would leave Celtic kind of mid-season obviously they're in the Champions League decent performance against Real Madrid picking the first half um, and he's a bit of a kind of a cult hero there so I mean Gerard left from Rangers to to Villa for example would he see Celtic to Brighton as a kind of a similar step up to kind of get established in the Premier League I think maybe he would kind of at the end of the season but it probably is unlikely for that to happen. So maybe it's a caretaker manager that comes in for Brighton until until then. Uh, Pochettino's free. I mean, I I don't think we have any real chance of getting Pochettino, but I would absolutely love that if he, he did come in. That'd be a hell of a statement signing uh, for us if, if we could get him. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the Bodo Glimt manager, I think, is is probably the most likely. Um, doing good things in, in Norwegian, in, in Norway, in the elite Syrian. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll kind of see what happens. But yeah, nothing really more to add. I think Brighton players are a, are a sell after this Bournemouth game, and I definitely wouldn't be buying any in. So that's kind of where I sit uh, with that. Um, if you have enjoyed this video, do give us a like. Um, do make sure you're subscribed uh, to the channel um, as well. I'd really appreciate it. And there is burning questions tonight with Sonaldo and Pras. Sonaldo, I think it's about six in the morning uh, in Korea where he is uh, and it's a late one for Pras as well so do tune in uh, and give them some support and then tomorrow I'm back with the Q&A uh, and team news as well and Seb will be around for the deadline stream uh, on Saturday so great content on Scout as always um, really appreciate all your support uh, and comments and you know people in the chat and everything uh, and thanks for all, your, all the people that watch Black Box as well Mark and I really appreciate all your support on that too and we will see you all very soon <laughs>